Welcome to the All of Life podcast from Redemption Church Tempe, where we have conversations on faith, culture, theology, and beyond to help us live all of life, all for Jesus. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All of Life podcast. My name is Warren Williams. Today, I'm joined by Josh Butler, Jim Mullins, John Crawford. We're all pastors at Redemption Tempe and glad that you're joining us today. So if you were at Redemption Tempe last week, you heard that we just kicked off a new season within the life Mm. of our church. We kicked off the word and spirit season. And so Jim and Josh were here with us today. They actually gave us kind of the big picture of like the whys and what the season's going to look like and how we're going to engage in this uh, this season in our church of word and spirit. And so Obviously, in a on a Sunday service, it's hard to get into like all the whys and mm. all the details, right? Because of time constraints, the reality of that. So, we wanted to create this podcast today to helpful to hopefully give you some just more insight into the why of this season, yeah. why it's important that we engage in this season of word and spirit. And so, we got we have five reasons for you uh, today, and the first one we're going to start with today. One of the first aims, one of the first whys of the Word and Spirit season is to know God more. Josh, can you tell us what are we what are we talking about when we say we want to know God more? Totally, this no, that's great, man. Yeah, we want to know God more because God is Word and Spirit. Uh, we looked at this a bit on Sunday, but going, man, God is a triune God, and the Word and the Spirit are the second and third persons of the Trinity. So. We didn't call it intentionally kind of like the Bible and prayer campaign, even though those things are important and those are things that we're going to emphasize in this season. Um, But we didn't call it that because uh, we didn't want the landing big picture emphasis to be on the stuff that we do. Hmm. We wanted the big picture emphasis to be on who God is because the goal of the stuff is not just that we'd get more busy or we'd add these activities or whatever else. It is actually in some ways it's hopefully going to be entering into rest and peace and space, whatever. But it's going like the end game is not trying to create these activities that we're running after mm. as it is rather that we would go deeper in our life with God, a God who is word and spirit. So yeah. we talked about on Sunday how God creates the world through his word and spirit. He redeems the world through his word and spirit. We encounter the triune God through his word and in his spirit. And so I think big picture is trying to go, man, our end game in this is to know God more, not just to know about God more, but to know God more, to go deeper in life with Jesus. Man, and I think that's just an important kind of distinction to uh, to, to to make there. Uh, man, even his computer recognized it. it was like mm. a dang like message. That yeah. was a great point. But yeah, you know, like in seasons like this, if it's like a Bible and prayer campaign, what happens? You start off really hot, right? Everyone starts <laughs> with the goal of wanting to read through the whole Bible. And I think, Jim, you mentioned this on Sunday. Leviticus hits, and that kind of brings it into this. So yeah. um, that's not our goal in this season. We want to deepen our relationship and the reality of the presence of God through his word and his spirit. So Can I ask a question on yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I, I think— what could be coming up in my in people's minds yeah. is that they're thinking, okay, there are certain type of people who know God more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not one of them, does that mean I don't know God? Like that might be related to scripture and prayer. So one of them could be the the master theologian. Like if I don't know what Abraham's cousins name means in Hebrew. Do I not know God more? Or, or, or the other one would be is, 
do I not hear from God if I'm not having a dream of a dragon kicking a soccer ball through <laughs> Satan's head? You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it could create unintentionally mm-hmm. levels of saying this is the evidence of totally. someone who knows God more. Yeah. What totally? What would you say to that? Well, and that's one of the things I think this idea of like uh, this not idea, this reality of the Trinity is so helpful. We're going yeah. the Word and the Spirit are not just even stuff or concepts or ideas; they're persons. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. so. A misconception of the word is going, hey, the end game is just that I know a bunch of fun facts about God. I can quote all the Bible verses. I can answer all the trivia and going, no, Christ is the living word who is a person for us to know. I know some people who, man, have the deepest walk with Jesus and they can't read, you know, and they can't whatever, you know, like, and yet they have encountered Christ, the living word deeply and richly in, in their life. Now, how do we get to know Christ, the word part of us through his word, you know, through scripture, through uh, through through the Bible, that's that's massive. But um, the end game is going, dude. It's not just. It's a it's a paradigm shift or a reframe we need on the word to go. Yeah, dude. It's it's actually a person, not just information. Then with the spirit going, I think because there's so much misunderstanding at times, people think of the spirit as like a force or a power they can manipulate. They just had some new, I think it was Barna Christianity Today published like some some research that was done, oh, and yeah. it was like over half. I can't remember. There's something like sixty some percent of American evangelicals. Don't think the spirit is a person. Yeah. I think it's like a force or a you know, personal force. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so if you think the spirit is a force, then you're gonna be kind of going, How can I manipulate or leverage this thing to get my life better and to make whatever you know? And, yeah. and now there may be some impact. Uh, well, there is impact. I mean, I'd say the spirit does make our lives better mm-hmm. because it cultivates intimacy with God, experience with God, life with God. But that's different from the assumptions some of us might have of going like, dude, the 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 sign of a deep spiritual life is whoever has the most ecstatic experiences. Mm. Going no, the, the sign of a deep spiritual life is experiencing communion with God and His Spirit. You know, like mm. yeah. And so, I, I think word and spirit as persons helps kind of reframe. But but when a person encounters the Spirit, yeah. What if they're a boring person who has trouble even swaying? Does, the, does, does that person, can that person have an encounter with the Spirit? No, yeah. let me be specific. Tim Keller is someone who has shaped all of our theology profoundly, but when you hear him preach amazing stuff, but it's not super emotive, and he's not talking about uh, a lot of imagery in his dreams and stuff. You, you do get a sense that he's hearing mm. from God, mm. but it's that, you know, just the the still small voice, those sorts of things. But um, can totally. that person ha- has that person encountered the spirit? Mm, that's mm. great, good question. So, a uh, few thoughts. One would be that the deepest sign, I would argue, the deepest sign of you've encountered the, the spirit of God is that you love Jesus. Like yeah. your affections yeah, are being yeah. warmed from Jesus. Right. That, that's at the core. Is like our affections, our heart, our desires, right. what we love is being gradually renewed ultimately mm-hmm. now with a love for Jesus. So when I hear Tim Keller, like the thing I hear is going, dude, that dude loves Jesus, man, yeah. you know, and he's yeah. loving Jesus with all his mind, especially he's really gifted there, whatever. Um, but I also think at times in some of the circles I f- and find myself, and not, I'm not talking here, I'm just talking nationally at large, whatever, some circles, there can be a high emphasis on logic and reason and rationality yeah. and a real suspicion or de-emphasis on experience or emotion, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is often our experience of the Spirit, like our experience of our affections being renewed with love for Jesus, is going to express itself in ways that are probably 
you know, are shaped in some ways by like our personality, our culture. And so when I travel around the world, a lot of other cultures are way more expressive, way more comfortable with emotion. Yeah. And so do they have this love for Jesus that's growing and they're ecstatic. And so sometimes I think we can be too suspicious of those who are experiencing like mm. an expressive, emotive mm. faith of going like, I think actually it, where I find the suspicion tends to be is like more highly educated upper class, you know? Yeah. And you go to middle, lower class environments and like people who are encountering the spirit of God, it tends to express itself in song and dance yeah, and expression yeah, and emotion sure. yeah. and joy and, yeah. you know, and, and so I, I think there's a danger on the other side um, of being too suspicious of mm. that for many people whose experience of their affections being renewed with the love for Jesus by the Spirit, bringing itself out through celebration and emotion. Well, that feels like the perfect segue into our second point. Thanks, Josh, for setting that up so well, because <laughs> the second why of this season is we want to overcome our suspicions. Um, and so, Jim, talk more about that, uh, overcoming our suspicions. I think one thing that was helpful to hear you guys do on Sunday was just kind of even talk about your like where you land on the word and spirit spectrum that, you know, we uh, um, on the handouts that we put out on Sunday and like just the reality that wherever you land, usually on both sides, there's suspicions around the other side right? Yeah, and what the yeah. motivations are. And so talk, tell us more about that. What mm. What is our goal and what is the, the reason behind the why of overcoming our suspicions in this season? Yeah. Mm. Well, I think we live in a world where – it is very popular to be suspicious yes. of everybody yeah. except for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and facts. Breach. Big facts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it would be good to if we can flip that a yeah. little bit in this season and in the spirit of Jesus saying, mm. take the log out of your own mm. eye. Really what he's saying is not necessarily that your sin or your issue is dramatically worse than the others, but you should perceive it as a log in your own eye and mm. a speck in another's. In other words, to you, that issue yeah. is the most serious issue because it's the one that you have and that you you can do something about mm. that you can respond to. And part of what can happen in situations like this is you have some people who are saying, oh, those theological curmudgeons emphasizing the word. They have no real life and vibrancy yeah. with God. And um, and that's that, that may not be the case. Mm -hmm. It may be that you encountered somebody a, a while back who twisted something with the word, who used the word to manipulate you in some way. And now you've given that person the power mm. to define everything every other person that you encounter yeah. who's deeply saturated in the word the same is true the other way around yeah yeah and uh that that you may have had an experience or an encounter with a person that wasn't healthy and now you're using that to paint the whole broad brush reality is we can't actually do much about those people mm. but we can address the log the cynicism the skepticism in our own eyes, mm. and that log can can be a log that is blinding us from aspects of God that we would otherwise not see. Mm. And so, dealing with the log is is important. W would you say anything about that, John? You got anything to add there? Because you're just 
humming with conviction. Yeah. He looks suspicious. Yeah. He, <laughs> no, he I, looks suspicious, <laughs> so speak to suspicions. I think there there is a I love what you said about we're you know, we live in a in a moment where everybody's suspicious about everyone and everything except ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um what I think where so much of the suspicion comes in for people is exactly what you're saying, based on previous experiences or based on wacky things we've seen on TV, you know, on TBN or, you know, whatever it may be that um, anytime that we are uncomfortable with something um, that is new, that we haven't experienced before, there can be a suspicion, Mm. um, especially if somebody else is experiencing it. And I do think that... um, one of the things that plays into into the suspicion as well is um, experience, mm. um, because it is a more subjective thing. Mm. Um, it can be really easy to be suspicious of someone else's experience, and especially if you come from more of an intellectual, rational. Hey, this is I know God based on just my study of who God is and His attributes, and this is who God is. Um, that is good, and we, and we should do that, right? We should we should know who God is. But what I think can oftentimes get overlooked with some of the suspicions is that our faith, Christianity, is an experiential faith. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the the way in which you become a Christian is encountering Jesus, experiencing mm. Jesus. Yeah. The way in which you come into God's kingdom, the way that you're saved, all of these things. Even prayer, right? Yeah. What you're doing, prayer is an experiential thing. We are in relationship with the living God, the triune God. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that like any other interpersonal relationship in life, it's experiential. Yeah, um, You experience someone. And so I think where I have seen a lot of the suspicions come from, it's tied to the experience. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, there's some people that have abused things throughout um, history, but you can't neglect experience because mm. Christianity is an experiential faith. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not just an intellectual thing. Right. Like we're meant to experience power. Yeah. the presence and power mm-hmm. of God, right? Mm-hmm. The goal of all of these things, and even going back to what Josh said, the reason why we just make it about doing things, but it's about the person, right? It's about God and encountering him. The reason why we did that is because the goal of doing all of those things is experiencing the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love one of the things that we said on Sunday that has stuck with me, but it was the effect of uh, we want to honor your experience but challenge your suspicions. Mm -hmm. So because of that, going, man, sometimes our suspicions have come from bad experiences, but they can become a stumbling block from us going deeper. There is a phrase in church history I've found helpful. It's the effect of, you know, abuse does not nullify proper use, Mm -hmm. which basically going, just because something has been misused, there can be a human reaction that's recognizing. And this happens not just word and spirit. This happens with everything, everything, right? So you had a bad father experience, (laughs) and now you're going, dude, I don't, you you might struggle with the idea of God as our heavenly father. Yeah, it doesn't mean we should ditch God being our heavenly father, because that's true. That's who he is, that God wants to actually redeem that negative experience yes. you had. I think similar with word and spirit, at times we can have suspicion because of negative experiences. Um, and the goal is not so much to beat us up over the head, aren't we? you know, but actually to go, dude, could God be inviting us to something deeper mm. where those obstacles are actually things he wants to redemptively overcome so that like one might encounter a more redemptive vision of God as our heavenly father, we might also encounter a more redemptive vision of Christ's living word and their 
presence is the Holy Spirit. You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah that going deeper. Well, one way I heard it simply put is like, you don't go to the junkyard to like find out what a car is about, right? Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well you said. You don't dismiss all well cars said. because you saw one in the junkyard. You actually want to figure out what a real car yeah. is and how it works. And so mm. I think that's, uh, that's really good. One thing I think that has to be said here is oftentimes our suspicions are fueled by podcasters, YouTubers mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. the people that we agree with most that yes. are oftentimes like the videos that get the most play, the podcasts that get the most play are the ones that are casting suspicion. Yeah, totally. The oh, totally. That's a great way to make yeah. money. Today. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. There's an incentive so, structure. Yeah, for it. yeah, exactly. So remember that, right? There's an algorithm. There's a whole uh, way that uh, all of that is marketed to you and can help fuel suspicion. So, all right. So just to recap, First three whys, know God more, overcome our suspicions. And the next one we're actually going to go to, and I think this is the perfect person to even speak more on this because he's one of the most encouraging people I know. Mm-hmm. Our third why is encourage and build up. John, tell us more about that. Yeah, I think the one of the big whys is if we are a community that is pressing in and trying to be immersed in the presence of the triune God, it will build up our church and it will be very, very encouraging. Hmm. Um, to the life of our church, I would say to your individual faith, will strengthen and deepen your faith. And I would even say uh, it'll build up our church because numerically, I believe people are going to come to saving faith. Yes. Like I think, yes. man, like if we as a community are saying, hey, we are running hard after God and the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we just want to be immersed in his presence. Um, we want to be shaped and formed by God. Um, then it's going to be really encouraging. Yeah. I think for all of us sitting around the table even, it'll be really encouraging for us as pastors, the people that God has entrusted us to shepherd, to see, man, people are actually taking God serious. They're hungry for God, right? Going back to your guys' sermon from last Sunday to kick it off, like, are you hungry and thirsty? Yes, we are all hungry and thirsty, but what are we hungry and thirsty for? Mm -hmm. Is it the presence of God or is it the podcasts that yeah. are making you suspicious, right? Right, mm. right? Is it something else, right? Is it, you know, we could fill that, fill in the blank yes. with a million different things that I think we're, we are created to be a hungry and thirsty people, but we are oftentimes feasting and binging on garbage. Mm. And those things <laughs> yes. are shaping and forming us into the image of, of garbage, mm. not into the image of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And I think like if we want to be encouraged in our faith, if we as a community at Redemption's MP are running hard after God and we say, hey, we want to press into this, we want to step on the gas with word and spirit, and we want to see what God's going to do, I absolutely believe that he's going to move in the life of our church. Totally. And I think that's just something of building up, not only into maturity and maturing our faith, but building up the body strengthening our faith, but I do believe that is going to be attractive to the watching world, attractive yes. to people in your neighborhood, at ASU, in your in your um, office that you're working at, you know, kids' school, whatever it is, that's going to permeate of like, yeah. there is something happening at Redemption Tempe, at this church, and I believe that we are going to be marked by the transformative presence and power of God, and I think that's just something that's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh 
what you said, John, encourage and build up the body. Yeah. Encourage and build up the body. That feels like a key part to me in this because mm. I think for the people on the maybe who lean more towards the word side, when they're a lot of their suspicions, many of their suspicions around like leaning into the spirit, right? Is because people have used it to encourage and build up themselves. Mm, and yeah. so and vice versa being true as well. And vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, like you've now become the master of Bible bingo. Right. And people mm. admire you for totally. it. Totally. But that word has not made you uh, someone who is serving bread to Kinder. the rest of yes. us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's good. And that, that exposed me because you kind of can see where I land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So here we go, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah here, here to overcome my own suspicions. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, well, really quick, too. Yeah. I mean, I think actually that's a broader cultural phenomenon right now, too, beyond the church, right? Yeah. Like when we talk yeah. about spiritual type things, yes. the emphasis is often on the individual. You know, so you talk about like, mindfulness and meditation and yeah. um, whatever, you know, whatever you think about those things. But Become the your best self. Become yes. your best self. But the emphasis in all those things is going like, hey, these are self-improvement techniques. This is like ways to edify yourself, to kind of build yourself up. And it's fascinating that the emphasis in Scripture goes the other direction. It's going, right. no, the goal of these spiritual things, these spiritual gifts is actually to build up others yeah. primarily, you know, mm-hmm. and that you would be built up by them as well. God's forming a community, you know. So I think of even on the spirit, so Ephesians comes to mind and First Corinthians 14, a situation where Paul says, uh, if you take something like prophecy in the spirit, I think when a lot of people think prophecy, at times they can think like this judgment, I don't know, it's Old Testament coming in with fire and brimstone and God's going to turn it down. But we're going to look at this later in the series, but like there's actually a big distinction in how prophecy is used, discussed in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. And the emphasis, the explicit thing in, in, uh, in places like 1 Corinthians 14, 1, uh, or 1 Corinthians 14 is like the one, the goal of prophecy is to edify. And yeah. that word to edify actually means to build up. It's a construction term, right? And so what we, we'll make the case later in the series, but like the goal of New Testament prophecy is not hailing down judgment and fire and brimstone, and exalting yourself as the whatever you know, like like it's it's building up the body of Christ, mm-hmm. the people of, the people of God together. Can, yeah. can I just say a quick story yeah. about that that happened yeah. recently? Um, like this week, I was feasting, praying through Psalm one thirty one, and felt like mm-hmm. this is what God mm-hmm. has for me in this moment. I had a conversation with John, and he brings up Psalm one thirty one. Uh, Michelle had been praying for me mm. um, and really sensed like very similar things of like needing to be nourished by God and he mentioned Psalm 131 and like mm. uh. like like this hitting in multiple places I can't but walk away from but feeling built up through the body that God is inviting me to be nourished by him in, in this mm. you know totally but Oftentimes, it's just like I want to listen to God for me. Yeah, I want to read the read the word for me, for yeah. me, yeah. not through me not to others. Come on, totally, yeah. man. Yeah, like I, I remember, like to your point too. I remember years ago, I had this experience where I would feel this impression or the sense of like I should text this person. I haven't talked to him in six months, a year. But I should reach out, but I wouldn't. I'm busy. You know, da, da, da. And then they would text her, call me, like right. I'm like. Oh, I missed it, and there was something big going on, yeah. you know, and like, and and then I kind of started. Oh, maybe that just feels like an impression. Maybe Holy Spirit, that's you, like encouraging me to reach yes. out. And so now I try and jump on those a little more, you know, or the uh, maybe something more relevant to our life together as a church. 
one of the things that we've been doing on Sundays this last year or so is we started this practice, the preaching team, of seeking to pray towards the application of just kind yeah. of God taking the yeah. time to listen and go, man, is there, okay, we've studied your word, but is there any, are there things that people are struggling with or whatever that, that you might want to apply to our congregation and just being intentional about seeking God on that? And one of the things that's been crazy since then is I feel like there's, a lot of us have talked about it, it feels like there's yeah. been a flood of increased response of like, Oh my gosh, yeah, dude! Like you absolutely. read my mail, you spoke to my story, like you, like you didn't even know this is like, right, like, and right. and we didn't know, you know. But it's yeah. like even just that intentionality of like going, okay, the goal here is, God, how do you want to minister to us as your people? Mm. Yeah, how can you use me to minister to others? Yeah, and I, I think you know, with the build up language, right? Like we want to reason why we're doing this encouragement and building up the body. First um, Corinthians twelve, you know, and it's going to be in one of our upcoming yep. sermons in in the series, but. Like the goal of this, the gifts um, given to the church, Paul uses this metaphor of the body. Hmm. It's so that the body would be built up. And the reason why we're saying, hey, as a church, we want to do this is that we are all members of one body. Yes. And if just the leaders are doing it, well, we only have some arms and maybe hands that are disconnected from the body. But we as the church, every single person— we need to be playing and exercising their role of the body so that the body would be built up. And for a lot of people, I think it's like, hey, I'm going to sit on the sideline or I'm not going to participate, but we need you. You're a part of the body. Yes. And without you, we don't have ears, right? We, we can't hear. And so one of the reasons why we want to do this as an entire church is because we want all of the members to be using and exercising mm. their gifts that God has given them but also encountering the presence of God so yeah. that our body would be built up so that all of the all the members of the body um, are being exercised. Yes. And I, I think about this as working out at the gym. Um, you go to the gym, you're exercising muscles, parts of your body. Well, we've all seen the, we've all seen the guy that skips leg day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he never works out his legs. And we also see the guy who's doing like, uh, he's on a machine exercising his neck. And you're like, wow, like every Every part of the body matters. (laughs) Every part of the body matters. So good. All right. So just again, know God more, want to overcome our suspicions, want to encourage and build up. Number four. Yeah. We, our fourth why is mission and Mm. witness. Why Mm. is the word and spirit season important for our mission and witness. Jim, talk to us. Well, the question is, what do we have to give? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it's about meeting material needs, like that's a part of mission, Mm -hmm. but we can't do that as good as Mm -hmm. Bill Gates and the Gates (laughs) Foundation. He's got all the money. He could, uh, if it's, if it's about who, who has the, the, the funnest, most enjoyable, place like we should be a life-giving communal place bars got us beat yeah in in that right sure what do we what do we have to give Mm. and it is an encounter Mm. with the real living god Mm. to be conduits of his presence to the world that is the unique thing there is a part and a part of bearing witness to that is the verbal evangelism is the the meeting needs and tangibly loving of seeking justice of doing good work but at the at the core of that yeah. 
is a real God for them to know mm. and be known by mm. that we have encountered and can introduce people to. And it's so disingenuous mm. when someone is hearing you give a Christian sales pitch Yeah, when they don't sense that you actually know and have encountered mm. this God that you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, When it talks about the Great Commission, one of the Big overlooked things in this. You know, it's all, you know, make disciples, oh, yeah. baptizing, mm-hmm. te- teaching them to, to obey. Hmm. But the overlooked thing is that Jesus says, I will be with you. I will be with you. Always. Yes. His presence. Yes. And so as we're going yes. around to the world, what what do we have to give? We've we have this this bread and this water that meets the deep hunger and thirst that people hmm. have. In First Corinthians 14, which we've referenced. Hmm. One of the big things is as the gifts are being exercised, there's almost this expectation yeah. that people are entering into the community and saying, God is really present here. Mm. Yeah. And, and so I just think that it's absolutely crucial. Mm. I was, yeah, I was uh, reading something this week um, on the early church mm. and on Polycarp. And mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know who Polycarp is, I don't expect you to. Uh, he is the second. Sounds like a Pokemon a little bit. But. <laughs> he, he, he's, he does sound like a Pokemon. He he's not a Pokemon. <laughs> or, or the person who discovered the carpal tunnel surgery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> carpal tunnel surgery. Um, well, Polycarp is the, in history, the second martyr that we actually yeah. have a record of dying for his faith outside of Stephen in the book of Acts. Mm. And I was reading about him, and a really fascinating thing that goes into what you're saying with mission, Jim, is what do we have to give? And the reason why martyrdom caused this explosive growth in the early church was because Christians had encountered the very presence and power of Jesus, mm-hmm. and the, the, so much so that they were willing to die as a reenactment of the gospel, and the the crucial thing here was that they were so devoted not to an ideology but they were devoted to a person yeah um and that is the thing in the roman empire that just caused this explosive growth mm. of like you're so devoted to a person not an ideology yeah. and all the ideologies of the time that the watching world were they were converting of like man these people are so devoted and they're mm. so convinced mm. because they have encountered the very presence and power of Christ. And that fueled the church's mission in this expansive growth in the first and second century. Wow, so good, dude. I love what both of you are saying. At the end of the day, it feels like it's like, dude, what is it that we have at the core to offer? And it's God. Like, for people to actually encounter the triune God, you know? And uh, I I had this vision years ago, kind of this image. I saw, like, this dry, dusty, it was like the city, but it was like, dry and parched and cracked streets and all that kind of thing. And and um, and then I saw, like, these old, like, church buildings around the city and whatnot, mm. and they became, like, drinking fountains mm. and, like, with, like, water coming out. Yeah. And people from the city began flocking to these drinking fountains to drink water and, be you know, be, be, be satiated and whatnot. And, um, and I was praying about it, and I felt it was a time where it felt like, dude, the church was being pruned, you know? And yes. moving on to the pandemic and COVID, all these different things where it's felt like, God, what's on the other side of this? And how do, what do we even have to offer in the midst of this, you know? And I, I just, I sensed this sense that God was going, hey, yeah, there's this dry, cracking, whatever season, but I'm preparing on the other side, like the remnant, like those who are going to kind of come through this yes. season yeah. to actually be like 
this is how this is where you go to get my presence. This yeah. is where you go to encounter me, my word and my spirit, like who I am, God going, I'm gonna encounter the world through my people who are mm. de- reliant and dependent on me, like on like word and spirit, you know? And so I and I I feel like there has been a like last century maybe where there was a time where kind of like, why did you go to church? Well, that's where you go to get good teaching, right? right. The pastor has yeah. been to seminary. He's the one person who's got the commentaries mm-hmm. and the books or whatever. And so yeah. we go because that that's what we feel like. I don't have access to the teaching. Here's where I got to get teaching. Uh, maybe more historically often, like sacrament was really big. It's where you go to get the bread and wine or, you know, the, the presence of Jesus that way. Um, and I, I think it's all both things. You know, it's word and spirit and sacrament. And it's all that together. But I do think that, like, now we're stepping, we've stepped into a season where, like, people are able to get a better teaching on yeah. their podcast. You know, they can download, like, yeah, the yeah. best preachers, yeah. best teachers, whatever in the world. And yet I felt this encouragement of going, but what you can't get, God going, you can't necessarily get me because I've identified yeah. myself with my people, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. so we're going to be a community that gathers around the Word of God under its authority that yeah. seeks yes. to be walking in step with the Spirit of God and being a place where people like those drinking fountains, like those who are thirsty, those who are hungry, would be able to come and experience that life-giving hmm. water and yeah. bread and go, man, that's, that, that, that's mission and witness. That's something that we want to step into this so that we can be prepared with what we have not only to receive but to give. Yeah. It feels like to me ideas have an expiration on their ability to like transform, mm. right? Mm. But like uh, the person of Jesus mm. is alive, like mm. he's yes. animating, and he's motivating, he's bringing transformation, he's actually present with us, and that's more powerful than any ideology or idea can ever offer. So true. Mm. Um, so last, our last why for today, um, our last why for this season, I should say, is we want to be people who are equipped versus people who just avoid, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be focused on equipping people to be able to engage in God's word and spirit. That should be greater than escaping maybe the things that we are like uncomfortable about. And so, Josh, talk mm-hmm. to us about that. Why is it important that we have a posture of equipping versus avoiding? Totally, man. I think we just left it with like our suspicions, our experience, whatever. Yeah. Then you kind of, I, I know I'd feel stuck. Like, well, yeah. what, what do I do with this? Where do I go? And dude, like we actually want to press into going, how, how do we, how can we equip each other and as a church body, like to actually move into this stuff together? So um, when it comes to the word, we know we live in a culture today that is often feeling like, I don't know that I can trust scripture. I don't know how to engage it. Like it's like, some of these books are thousands of years old in, in the Bible, and, and they, they're strange stuff. I'm not quite sure what to do with that. And going, man, we actually want to equip our, our, our life as a people going, how do we actually press into the Word of God, Scripture, as a means to the end of knowing Christ, the living Word himself, you know? Mm. When it comes to the Spirit, I think of, dude, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, where Paul says, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. And I think that's how... I know I've often felt, and many people, you know, we can often feel like, dude, I, I don't know quite what to make of this. I've seen some weird stuff. I've seen some whatever. Like, um, and so what does actually a healthy expression look like, and how do you have guardrails yeah. to prevent some of the abuses or misuses and things? And, um, and go, man, that's, like, stuff to be equipped in, you know? And yes. so we want to, we wanna like, equip, and we believe that equipping is better than, avoiding though just because something might um be unfamiliar doesn't mean that it's not good or there's good things yeah man 
Shout out to Dan Lemoyne, mm. who uh, connected me with this great chiropractor who mm. is looking at how your whole body moves and mm. how to address different movement patterns that you have. And one of the things that he's doing with me is showing me how, because of some injuries in the past, my body is compensating and like not using mm. certain muscles wow. and it's having a systemic wow. kind of effect mm. through my Can whole. Can you connect me with it? Yeah, I will. <laughs> you, hey, I think it's the same guy I'm Warren. seeing. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, you, you know <laughs> that the one takeaway from this podcast yeah. is going to be people emailing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 exactly. you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm intrigued. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, but the, the reality is you don't want to go through your life yeah. not using muscles in your leg, avoiding yes, the use totally, of your, totally. your ankle because God has given that gift of an ankle for you to run and to mm, flourish yes. and to connect with others and to climb and to serve. And mm. you could avoid the pain by just saying, not going to use my ankle anymore. Yeah. yeah. Or you can address and do the exercises that strengthen yep. that and equip it to really engage in the world. And that's what we want this season to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for me personally with the equipping, um, versus avoiding for my time, for my time being a Christian, um, one of the most confusing things are spiritual gifts. You can't get away from it. If you read Mm. the entirety of the biblical story, but especially in the new Testament, you're like, what is going on? What are these things? Uh, you know, it seems like there's all this criteria for order and healthy use, but I think for a lot of people, if we're honest, we just don't know. And I think our tendency, because it's this big looming question, is just to avoid it. Of yeah. like, this is different. I don't know about it. Or I've heard some teaching on it. And I'm just not even going to, I don't know, it's too confusing and it's too weird. Versus what we want to say is, hey, you encounter this all over the pages of scripture. Right. There's something here. And so we want to dive in to help equip people, not just understand it, but actually press in to say like, man, we believe that these are ways that... God has gifted the church to experience more of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, I was reading in Romans this week, and I know that's like one of the books that those of us who really lean on the word side, we really love Romans. And, you know, Romans 12, Paul says it. If you're looking for just like a clear verse about what Paul says about gifts, he says, having di- having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's great. It doesn't get, doesn't get instruction number one. <laughs> use them. Use them. So um, instead of avoiding, there is a way that we can all dive. And I even feel like when it comes to the Bible, sometimes if you're not feeling as comfortable with the Bible, and you like encounter someone who really knows Scripture, and they're quoting Scripture, you're like, "Oh man, I, I'll never be able to get there. Yeah. I'll never be able to learn Scripture like them." It's not true. You know, mm-hmm. like there is actually ways means and um like as you as you just continue to just be with god and in his word like that can be mm-hmm. you you can you know hit the spirit will allow you to remember you mm-hmm. know his word and so um not running in those places of discomfort but like using those as cues for us to dive in mm-hmm. more deeply mm-hmm. and just as a church like we're not leaving you out to dry um on this stuff we have a couple of means and resources that we've created to help you to be feel equipped in this season. So we have prayer course that's coming up. We have a guide that's out right now, digital resource, which has some content around prayer and engaging God's word. And we're going to have even more things coming up within the season ahead. 
uh, for you to continue to feel equipped in this season. And so if I could just recap one more time, all of our five whys of this season is we want to know God more. We want to overcome our suspicions. We want to encourage and build up. We want our uh, uh, we want our this this season to affect and encourage and uh, um, uh, our mission witness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we want to be people who are equipped versus avoiding. And so that's the wise of our season. We are excited to enter into this season of our church and for all of what God will do. And uh, guys, we want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the All of Life podcast. To get more information on Redemption Church Tempe, you can download the Redemption Tempe app or you can send an email to tempe at redemptionaz.com.